Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Startup Legends Podcast, where we interview rockstar entrepreneurs, investors, accelerators, incubators, and other ecosystem leaders. Today with us, we have Jeremy Nielsen from Assure. Hey, Jeremy. How you doing today? Great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, love to have you on the show. Um, Assure is partnering with Startup Fuel, and we brought on Jeremy on our show. We're have, doing a little bit of a cross-podcast uh, promotion. I was just on his show. So before we begin, remember, here at Startup Legends, we interview everything around entrepreneurship and innovation and venture capital. We demystify the space, talk about the latest trends, what's going on, and especially right now, make sure we cover a lot of diversity and sustainability as a way to democratize access for everybody. Make it an equal and fair world is what we're all about here at Startup Legends. So Jeremy, thank you for joining us. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Jeremy. Yeah, so Jeremy Nielsen, co-founder, CEO of Assure. Uh, I run the company with my wife. She's my co-founder. I brought to the business the legal vision, strategy, and industry knowledge. Uh, part of my career was launching and running the Utah Fund of Funds for the state of Utah. My co-founder, she brings marketing, finance, operational stuff. So basically, I have ideas. She turns them into businesses. Uh, I have more ideas. She makes sure we make money. Uh, that's kind of how that's kind of how it works at Assure. Very cool. That, I love that relationship. And we'll, we'll jump into it in, in a second. But before Assure, what were you doing? You talked a bit about this Utah Fund of Funds. Talk to us a bit about your history that led you to this point. Yeah, so I went to, went to a lot of school, undergrad, then I went into law school. When I was in law school, it was during the dot-com era, a lot of excitement, a lot of startups. I, I'm, an, I, I'm an idea guy. I had an idea. I wrote a business plan. You know, and I, I talk about this experience. I emailed the business plan to VCs, you know, all the things you don't do. Uh, with Startup Fuel, I could have gone a different route. But back then, uh, 2000, 2001, right, I'm emailing just random people that I'm uh, LinkedIn's not even a thing. Right. So I'm trying to find emails of, 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 of people. Obviously, I got no meetings. The, the business went nowhere. Um, came out of that and uh, went to business school after that. And while I was in business school, I got hired to launch and run the Utah Fund of Funds. It was a state of Utah economic development program where we had tax credits. We monetized those tax credits, $300 million. We then went out and found VCs, basically, and invested in them. On the flip side, we were bringing them into Utah, wanting to increase the alternative access to capital for the state of Utah. And then on the other kind of half of the day, I was meeting with entrepreneurs, talking with them to help facilitate these introductions between their business ideas and capital. Uh, you know, basically what you're doing at Startup Fuel, I was doing on a very micro level manually and uh, had some success there. Did a great job building the fund of funds, did a great job with, with some facilitations. Um, left there after seven years and launched a sure, wasn't quite in the format, had plenty of failures, but got the chance to work on the SBA's billion dollar early stage venture capital program where I provided some due diligence services as they were evaluating fund managers applying to the program. And then Angelus called uh, my co-founder and I and, and asked if we could figure out how to do funds in bulk. And what's kind of interesting about the way they even said that was they didn't really even, you know, Angelus, they didn't even have the, the words to describe 
what they were trying to get done and what we were trying to invent. They knew, you know, from the Jobs Act and their no action letter and the platform that they had built, they needed the structuring and admin around pooling investors. And they knew they couldn't do it the old way. I mean, the old way is hundreds of thousands of dollars and months of work. You're like, how can we turn this and, and you know speed this up and make this actually possible? So my co-founder and I figured out how to do it. We became the engine that Angelus built uh, their platform on our backs. And then you know from that day forward, just kept going. See Invest called was our second phone call. And so we power most of the platforms out there that do high volume. We power angel groups. We power a lot of people that want to do investments into startups, but they don't want to pay lawyer fees, basically. Yeah. In incredible model. Just like a legal tech company that started off to reduce the fees to create a new industry and now bringing more people in the space. And, and I, I love that. So how long has it been now since Assure has been operational? So Angel is called 2013. So we've been at it a good eight years now. Eight years. Okay. So in that time, what is the number one insight or lesson that you have learned around the venture capital industry? Well, I would, I would say that the, the thing that I would comment about it today is that it is rapidly changing. So what it was back in the Utah Fund of Funds era when I was talking to VCs and, and getting, getting their decks and hearing their pitches and making commitments to what it is today, it's almost night and day. You can find what I experienced back in, in, in those Utah Fund of Funds days still in existence, obviously, but the, but the percentage of them is so much smaller. The emerging managers, the nano VCs, the micro VCs, the, the SPVs, like all that stuff. I've kind of described it as the blurring of the lines where back in my Utah Fund of Funds days, there was traditional VCs and that was basically it, or you went direct, right? You went direct or you had VCs. Um, with Assure, we, we invented, you know, the, the SPV that allowed you to go very quickly, single asset SPV. And so you had single asset SPV and then you had VC, kind of these two bookends. And then Assure invented like these multi-asset SPVs for Angelus that they turned into rolling funds. And, and then there's these micro VCs and nano VCs, like, and all these things. And Carta has a product and Angelus has a product and Assure has a bunch of products. And now today, you know, people says I'm a VC, but they actually do single asset, v, you know, SPVs, right? And so you would think, oh, they have a big $100 million venture fund. No, they don't. They've just layered on top of whatever they're doing, whatever structure, whatever admin they're, they're employing, they've, they've layered that on with that marketing term venture capital. And so, you know, the insights is that it is completely different than it was 10, 15 years ago. And I just see it continuing to move the blurring, the graying uh, is, is, is we're just at the beginning of it. Yeah. Yeah. And just for everybody at home listening, you know, use, you would use the word SPV. Can you, can you explain what an SPV is um, just on a high level for everyone listening? Sure. So special purpose vehicle, it's an acronym, SPV, special purpose vehicle. And I tend to use the, the last word in, in describing, I go to the last word first, vehicle. A venture capital fund is a vehicle. A rolling fund is a vehicle. Uh, a pledge fund is a vehicle. A real estate fund is a vehicle. Like they're, they're all vehicles. And so they've just basically set up a, an entity that they're going to use as the means to invest in startup, real estate, whatever it is. And so special purpose vehicle basically is to say, I'm going to set up this vehicle and it's for this kind of one special purpose. So it's kind of a fun, very descriptive 
way to describe the actions that you're going to do with this vehicle. And typically it's just like a venture fund. You go to Delaware, you set up an LLC or LP. Uh, you have documents, the same set of documents that you have at a venture fund, but you're using it for one single investment, typically a single asset SPV. So you find a deal, you pool money into that deal, and then you go and invest into that deal. And if you're going to do anything other than go direct, and going direct is, you know, you, re you reach into your pocket, pull out some money, call the CEO or, or whatever. You go on Startup Fuel and find that great investment and you put money into that company. If you do think anything other than that, you're going to go through a vehicle. You're going to have a venture fund. You're going to have a multi-asset SPV. You're going to have a hedge fund. You're going to have an SPV. It, it, you know, it doesn't matter really what it is, but all of those, all of those vehicles are essentially 90% the exact same. The only difference that an SPV is, is that it's single asset. And because it's single asset, you can strip out a whole lot of the expense and cost that has been built in and layered into like a traditional venture capital fund of, you know, 30, 40 years of lawyers doctoring those documents and people, you know, wondering I should have this provision, this provision, this provision that gets fatter and fatter and fatter. And, you know, 95% of those provisions are just edge case, never going to happen, but I want the provision in there anyways. So at Assure, we stripped out all of the fat, all of that kind of unneeded. We stripped it down to the bare bones and started over and just said, what's the simplest, easiest, cleanest, purest structure that is needed? And then, you know, we, we did that. And, and you'll see it Assure. We'll slip in a couple provisions, right? We'll have some experiences and whatnot. And we'll kind of starts to build back up a little bit. But uh, an SPV is the simplest, cleanest, easiest structure out there. And what I like to call it is it's the structure of the people. Like anybody can use an SPV. A VC fund, I call it kind of is, is for the few. And the reason for that is many times there's a lot of expense. And so, uh, if, you know, the more expense it is, the fewer people that can do it, can use it. So if you can really strip out all the, the, the excess, the more people that, that can participate and use the vehicle because it doesn't cost as much. Right. Uh, amazing stuff. And like you also, uh, SPVs have also started to be used by entrepreneurs in their fundraising process. Um, have you, uh, at Assure, are you seeing a lot of that where founders are coming and setting up SPVs for their rounds? And how would somebody use that like that? Yeah, we do. We do see founders coming in and using SPVs for their rounds. It's extremely similar to a client or anybody else that, you know, an angel group or an organizer or a platform. And um, you're basically wanting to pool all the investors into one vehicle so that your cap table's clean. You know, this, this is one of the big driving reasons to do an SPV by a founder is a clean cap table, where you now, instead of having 20 or 40 or 100 individuals sitting on your cap table, you now have one SPV sitting on your cap table. There's multiple benefits for that. An entrepreneur having a, a SPV organizing their uh, their investors, it shows, in my opinion, and what I've heard from others, some professionalism. When, when you go to the later rounds and you've got these institutional investors, VCs that are coming in, they like to see clean cap tables. And, and sometimes they'll come in and be like, you, you know, you're, you're required to clean up this cap table before we're going to invest. Uh, many times you can also deal with investors in a much more clean and efficient way if they're sitting in an SPV rather than sitting directly on your cap table. 
And so, and, and finally, you can, you can allow people to write smaller checks. It's one of the best, uh, one of the best features of an SPV is because maybe there's 10 people that are going to write $50,000. You can now turn to someone and say, I have enough. It's a great, it's a great pool of capital. I'm going to let a few people in for a thousand dollar check, a $5,000 check. It's giving people the opportunity to participate where they wouldn't otherwise, because otherwise you'd be like, I'm not taking $14,000 checks. I'm just not going to do it. Uh, but you've got this SPV. Other people have put in big checks. Now it's no, you know, it's no skin off your, off your back to allow other people to, to get in. And what's great about letting other people in is now you have more advocates. You have more people that are interested in your success. You know, talk about you, tell people, buy your product, test your product, you know, talk about it on social media, tell their friends. And so just allowing people into the deal, so long as you're interested in having them and, you know, accreditation, I know that we hate that, but it is, a, it is a law. So letting people in that, that, uh, are accredited, you know, you, you cross those two, those, those two lines and you got, you've got advocates and that that's a great thing. Yeah. What's really cool is that what you've done is that you've taken an area where investors don't want to see too many investors, too many people on the cap table, but you also providing some benefits to why that makes sense. You know, the evangelists, the advocates, the, uh, the network that it can bring, but, the problem with having too many people was the legalities of, of all the having you know too many voices or chefs in the kitchen, as, as they call it. But an SPV allows you to have your cake and eat it too. Have as many investors you want, have a simple legal structure led by one person who makes the decisions for the group that they trust, um, allow that to, to still take place, but now still enjoy in the advocate network and still have all that group. So SPVs are fantastic. And it's, it's again, like we, as you guys have pushed it forward, and the legal cost is really the focus that, that it saves on. Um, it helps provide more efficiency. The, the area now that I'm wondering very carefully is as you move from, uh, you know, working with founders and venture capital investors, how do LPs, how do they, they like SPVs? What do they think from their perspective of putting money in? Do they, are they resonating well with it from your experience? Yeah. So I think one of the big movements and why SPVs are becoming more and more popular is because LPs are interested in it. And there's a couple of reasons for that. LPs get to build their own portfolio. So if you go into a fund, it's a blind pool fund. There's very little transparency. The VCs, although could be amazing and awesome, uh, you know, they're going to make decisions down the road, right? Like you're betting on their ability to find deals and make decisions and and for, for multiple reasons, that's a great investment to place. But a lot of LPs also want to be part of the ecosystem. They want to pick deals themselves. They don't want to go blind pool. They want to go kind of known pool, if you will, like transparent pool. And so an SPV comes to them and you just say, look, I found an opportunity. I was on Startup Fuel, got linked up, talked to the individual. I think it's great do you want in? And that allows LPs to be like, yeah, I do want to be in. It also gives them that experience to evaluate, test their own theses, test their own kind of thought process and grow as, as investors. You go into a venture fund, you become good at evaluating venture funds. And I did that as a career at the Utah Fund of Funds. I got very good at it. It's very different for you to evaluate a startup company. It's a different approach, different aspects that you want to look at different checklists. And so if all you're going to do is go into venture funds, that's all, that's the skill set you're going to have. If you want to get into going into companies, 
you need to make, you know, you need to have that opportunity to go into companies and SPVs is that vehicle, that, that approach. So LPs are very much interested in that SPV structure. Right. And uh, how does Assure provide its services around all of this? Like what, if I come to Assure and say, look, I want to start set up an SPV through you guys, what do you provide in that entire process? Yeah. So I'm going to step back and talk a little bit out of his, uh, history. And you know, when we got started, Angelus called and, you know, can you figure this out? And we, we, we started to dig into it. We did everything manually. We took everything that went into an SPV, the legal, the tax, the accounting, the compliance, the banking, the admin. We pulled it away from a law firm, a tax firm, an accounting firm, admin, in-house people like banks. Right. Like we pulled that all in-house, put it in a box and we did it all manually trying to figure it out, smoothed it out, put a great price on it, flat fee. And then we started to build technology after that. So kind of figured it out manually, start to build some technology on it. So today it is very smooth, almost automated, no touch, right? So at Assure, if you're a client, you come into our Glassboard system, you say, I want a new deal or I've got, I've got an opportunity. You click a button, you basically fill out six, seven different things click another button, documents generate automatically. You kick an, click another button, you invite investors and you walk away. What's going on on the backside, entity creation, EIN generation, bank account gets opened and you know investors get invited. Investors get a link. They come in, they basically, if the profile's already created, they can click in basically 30 seconds, click a profile, click a bank account, you know, put the dollar amount in, they're done, walk away. So we've taken what used to be paper, emails, DocuSigns, all that stuff, faxes to Delaware. And we've, you know, we've, we've put it all into a technology platform that does most of it you know, for you automatically. So you can set up a deal in less than five minutes. You can invest in a deal in less than 30 seconds. Uh, obviously, if your profiles are set up uh, and you're done. At Assure, we do basically birth to death you need to find the deals, you need to find the investors and we'll take care of the rest. Uh, you know, so what that really means is entity creation, documents, EIN number, bank account, kind of that onboarding of investors. And then we'll do the security filings, we'll do capital account statements, we'll do taxes in the near in the years that they need to be done for that that structured vehicle. Then we deal with post-close activity, right? So there's corporate actions and there's votes and then eventually there's going to be some sort of exit, M&A, IPOs, or bankruptcies, or ABCs, right? So we deal with all of that stuff along the way. And you know, eventually a final K1, wind down, shut down, put the thing to bed. So, so that's the service. It's really a partnership between us and clients because clients need to be involved with making decisions about, am I going to vote yes or no? You know, am I done fundraising? Am I going to allow this membership transfer? So all those little nuanced questions we the client makes those decisions, but we're there to make sure documents get filed, make sure signatures get obtained, make sure the right documentation gets gets finalized, and and uh, and you know take care of take care of all the stuff that you don't want to take care of, right? You want to do deals, we we you know, we'll take care of all the all, all the other headache behind the scenes, hard stuff. 
Oh, and you, you know, you, you, you under highlight how much headache there is. Like I, as somebody who is setting up many VC funds for, on behalf of clients, um, myself, I have a, I have a target of setting up a hundred VC funds by December, 2022. I, I am seeing this process inside out. And even before we connected with you guys at Assure, I was just looking at this and going, Oh my Lord, there is so much dollars, time, education, expertise, and headache required to set up a fund that it makes sense why there isn't that many, you know, as, as, as compared to how much deal flow or whatever there is in the world. So like, this is amazing stuff. And so what, what is, what, what is Assure working on next? Like what is coming up as part of the next series of the problems that you're seeing into the future? Yeah. So we are eager to make this as smooth and as quick as possible and as affordable as, pro as possible. So really continue to dig into the technology. There's always kind of one more thing or one more feature to make it easier and quicker for people. We also want to then continue to connect with different service providers and go internationally. So FX exchange, foreign, foreign KYC AML, uh, things that are interesting to us are like a reg S type fund where you can have all foreign investors. When I say foreign, like non us, um, we also want to provide more analytics around your network or your investing. So to help you make decisions around, uh, how's this deal going with regards to investors. So we really are, we're deep inside, you know, that flow of money. And once you found the deal and you've got your network of investors, how do we help? those deal makers, those organizers, how do we help them make better decisions or the best decisions possible with regards to this particular deal? Um, and that, that's really where we see the future is uh, faster and more affordable structures, even, even more affordable and faster than, than we've created today that we think, or we can continue to, to fine tune on those things and then really add value, add analytics and data to investors to help them, uh, you know, make the best decisions possible on their deals. You know, one example would be not every deal is going to be successful. If we could provide information to say, Hey, look, you're really spinning a lot of wheels on this deal. Uh, you're probably going to max out at hundred K. Uh, you know, why don't you, why don't you close up at a hundred and go find your next deal? Cause your, your opportunity costs is, is what you're using here. You could be finding that next deal. that it be more interesting to your network rather than, spending your time on this one because you think it's awesome, but your investors don't. And many times that's the case. So how do we help them just have data and analytics around deals that they're raising so they make the best decisions for their time? Yeah. Yeah. And like here at Startup Legends and Startup Fuel, we are very big on diversity and sustainability. One of the biggest things that we've noticed even through this pandemic in the last X amount of years of growth in the VC industry is a lot of underrepresented groups are not don't have a lot of voice, voices and say because of the moats that exist within the venture capital world. How has Assure taken steps to um, bring down those moats? And also, are you seeing a lot of influx of clients and funds coming in that are more representative of, of an inclusive community? Yeah, um, we're definitely very focused on how do we make sure that any deal that has interested investors can happen. So like we said before, you can always go direct. So if you found somebody that, that wants to go direct, that's great. But many times you want to do an SPV for a clean cap table, or you have found, you know, 30 people that all can write a thousand dollar check and you haven't found one that wants to write a hundred thousand dollar check. You either say no to the 30,000 
Or if you don't use a, a group like Assure, you spend all 30,000 on structuring an admin. So what we want to have available to the marketplace is if you want to do an SPV, that basically any amount of money that you raise should be sufficient and it's not eaten up. All, those, all that money you, you raise is not eaten up in fees. So we have a product called Assure Labs product and it basically prices per the amount of money that you raise. And this is specifically around those that raise smaller rounds. And we have found that those that have smaller networks, which come from diverse backgrounds, right? Individuals that didn't go to Harvard, didn't go to Stanford, maybe don't have a certain uh, familial background or, or network, their network is smaller. And that doesn't mean that they shouldn't be able to, you know, raise a fund. I kind of talk about it a little bit like, um, you know, the SPV is the same price if you raise a million dollars or if you raise $10,000, which isn't necessarily fair. Um, it doesn't help those that can't raise a million dollar SPV. So our Assure Labs product, it, it, ratchets, it ratchets up with the amount of money that you raise, which maybe said in other ways is the price comes down uh, if you don't raise as much. And what we've also seen is that we have a lot of clients who want to start to invest and they're focused on maybe underestimated founders, maybe segments in the, in the ecosystem that don't have a lot of capital flowing to them. And it takes time for them to build their network base. And you need to do deals to do future deals. You need to do deals to grow your network. And if you can't do any deals until you raise $250,000, you may never get launched as an organizer. So we have people come on and say, okay, my first deal is 50K. Less than I wanted, disappointed, but I at least got that one done. My second deal, 60K. My third one, 75. And you'll watch them grow. And by their 10th deal, maybe it's 150, 200, 300. And by their 50th deal, they're now doing 500K to a million. And so basically providing the structuring and admin features and functionality, get a full SPV feature, full SPV structure and admin for an affordable price that allows anybody from anywhere to have that structure, that product allows them to move on to the next thing, either raise money and have advocates be into their company or raise money and start that thesis. that's going to grow over time. I love that idea. Like you have a tiered um, pricing structure that, that kind of relies on assets under management or how much money you're raising so that you're not disadvantaging the, the companies or the funds at the lower end, and you're still making the right amount of um, you know, fees on the larger funds. When you go, is there like a lower limit, like a, an angel investors who want to invest into companies, could, should they be contacting Assure and using an SPV to make investments? Or is it really uh, reserved for more of that fund structure where you have to have LPs coming into you? Like as a solo, investing your own money, should you be using an SPV? Well, there's, there's a couple of reasons to use an SPV. If you have more than one person, then you probably are going to use a structured vehicle. If you want to take any sort of carry, if you want to be paid for your efforts, we have clients who tell stories about like I was finding deals, I was going direct, and then all my buddies, my network were following on going direct. And they kind of woke up one day and just said, why am I not getting paid for doing all the work, finding the deal, due diligence to the deal, you know, getting comfortable with the founder and I put in a big check and then everyone just kind of piggybacks off of my work. So if you want to be paid for that work, you know, you don't just tell your buddy, say, Hey, 
I found a great deal. I just put in 25K. You say, hey, I found a great deal. I've got an SPV. Come into the SPV, then we're all going to go into the company together. Um, so if you have more than one person that, that's going to go into this deal, you use an SPV for carry. Uh, the, 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 the other, but another big reason is minimums, right? Like you doing an SPV allows people to write smaller checks. I think SPVs are an amazing structure. I think, I think VC funds are amazing and, and serve a wonderful service, but there, there, there's this comp, this complementary between the two, which is you have VC funds for multiple reasons. People want to put in money to a VC fund to, 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 you know, get exposure to a large number of, of, of companies. And then there's another subset of say, I want to do deal by deal. Either I'm just getting started. I want to allow small checks. Um, I like the, the flexibility of it. And so angel groups use us, deal individuals use us, VCs use us for like sidecar drop down SPVs alongside their fund. There's just so much flexibility and use cases for SPVs that we're just seeing everybody kind of saying, I can find a use case for this and, and calling a shirt. Mm -hmm. Would it be fair or maybe unfair to call SPVs the private version of SPACs um, on, on the public market? Do you think that there's some comparison there or is it too, too different? Um, I feel like there's a lot of differences there, but a SPAC is just like an SPV. It's a vehicle. And just like I kind of described at the beginning of our conversation, um, SPACs are really there to kind of get, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe it is a good comparison, kind of maybe get around the, the arduous, expensive nature of going public through more traditional channels. An SPV would be the more affordable, simple way to go around getting into startup companies. So, yeah, I guess that could be a great comparison. Yeah, exactly. So like, as you guys are, you know, working towards this and building up your structure, a lot of people ask me, especially when I talk about using technology to speed up the venture capital, well, what there's always pros and cons. When you're standardizing and using a system like this, are there have there been any cons or anything out there that speeding up this process, making it simpler has caused? Um, I, I would say no, but I'll talk about what our clients may say as the, as the cons. Uh, in the venture capital private asset investing world, there's a sometimes a big desire to customize. When I say customize, like my deal, my investors, my background, my structure, right? Like there's all these things that feel very, very individualized. And I want my service, my legal docs, my approach to be more mine, right? More all about what I do and how I do it. And I kind of bash lawyers a little bit. I'm, I'm a lawyer myself, but you know, you go to a law firm and that's what they're really, really good at. They're, they're really good at customizing because that's what they're trained to do. And that's what you hire them to do, right? Like your problems, your situation, your need, and they need to focus when it comes to, in my opinion, you know, much of this approach that we've gone into, we've discovered that it doesn't have to be so customized that documents don't have to be so customized that it costs a hundred thousand dollars and six months to get them back from, from the firm. And so I can't see negativities here other than if somebody felt like I need my stuff to be very specific to me because of structure requirements, approach requirements, or an LP is demanding a certain thing, then this speed automation technology really breaks if you're going to customize. And our, our approach is 
then, then go over to the law firm, pay the money, do it your way. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but you're going to, you know, it's, it's a trade-off. Customization is cost and slow. Automation and standardization and templatized. Speed and more affordable. Yeah, honestly, this is my exact answer. And I'm, I'm happy that you echoed the same thing. It's exactly that. It's like if anybody wants their own way of doing things, maybe you can even start with a template and, and break it up into something more customized. But in order for speed, in order to get something moving quicker, you need to agree by a set of standards and rules that will be applicable in repeatable, scalable ways, which is what you guys have done. So would, you, would it be fair to say that your target base is people that don't require customizations they can go to the, you know, the firms, but anybody who wants to say, look, we don't know much about this. We're okay with taking a, a good standard structure that you guys have researched, tried and tested, proven to us and said, we can do whatever we do best over here because we're using your structure here. Would you say that those are your main targets? Yeah, that most definitely is our targets. When we say to individuals, look, if you're going to do one deal and never do another deal, we're probably not the group for you. You come to us, sure, because you're going to do lots of deals. However, I will say this, though, I think that the ecosystem is forcing everybody into a much faster cadence. And, you know, I was talking to a friend recently who basically said, I know for a fact that Tiger Global moves at a five day pace. So they'll do due diligence and put down term sheets within five days. They said SoftBank is like an 18, 19 day cadence. And for anybody that's been in the industry for a long time, like that is asinine. It used to be months, maybe years that people would kind of string entrepreneurs along and, and, you know, before they put down term sheets. So if you're going to compete against Tiger Global or these others, you don't have the option to go customize. You either have a law firm on retainer that says, you know, as soon as I call, you're going to do my work immediately, or you're going to have to figure out a way to be less customized so you can match the speed of your competitors. Yeah. Yeah. And I honestly, like you, like you said, a lot of lawyers, law, law firms, again, not to bash lawyers, it's, it's a lot of things are put in place for a customized world where it may not also be needed in every, in every situation, you know, there's billable hours and things that are set up. So having a structure that says, you know, if you don't know much about this space, we can at least get you to the point where you can start making those investments, find a good structure. And if you ever wanted to down the line, look to go off and customize, at least you had a starting point to jump into the space in the first place, right? Which is very important. Yeah. And education is important. Like neither you nor I want people to do something they don't feel comfortable with or feel pressured into, into doing it. At Assure, every quarter we do Assure Structured Live, which is a two-day virtual no-cost conference where we talk about all the aspects of structured vehicles and taxes and post-close activity and all, all the different things that may be questionable or unfamiliar with, with individuals in, or, in an effort to provide expertise and education so people can come up to speed because there are thousands of people that are doing it, doing deals you know, every month, doing it with templatized documents. And so it's not like there's five people doing you know, fast, efficient, automated deals and there's 5,000 doing the old way. It's really flipped. It's 5,000 are doing the fast, efficient, templatized, automated way. And there's a few that are saying, I need to, I need to talk to my lawyer every single time. Yeah. And, and you know, something I've, I've, we deal a lot with early emerging managers, but I've also have been talking and researching, you know, later stage managers and, and LPs that invest in later stage. 
what what has become very prominent about late stage and one of our advisors even in our team have explained is that what investors at later fund five fund 10 want to see is they want to see a an investable structure a fund administration that is so clean and so good that it scales with time so that they trust from their board that they're putting money into you and telling their board, hey, look, we're allocating this capital here, that there is a reporting structure, an administration structure that follows big institution practice. And having a group like Assure come in, put those in place and grow with the company will only help um, raise capital in the future. Are you are you seeing any of that as well coming through, the fact that people have used you so larger um in, in institutional funds who mainly may not have put money before are now jumping in because of you guys? Yeah, and it's really more on the organizer. So our clients who have the opportunity, if our clients say to their LP base, I have a deal, or do you want in? And they say, yes, it's like, okay, here's the link. They come into our system, they click, click, click. It, it, it's, a, it's a take it or leave it situation. We had, uh, we have a client who, uh, months ago had an opportunity and they made the phone calls and within 72 hours raised $470 million, put it into four different Assure SPVs, click, 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 done. And so people were putting $50, $100 million checks into these SPVs. And that was because they wanted the opportunity. Assure can always obviously, you know, provide a great service or a poor service, but the interest and hunger and desire to have access to these assets is more powerful, in my opinion, from what I'm experiencing, than, than the desire to say, well, I want all of my administration to go through SS&C or Standish or something like that, right? It's like, yeah. I want access and someone goes, okay, well, I use Assure. And like, well, who's Assure whatever? And like, well, you know, they do hundreds of SPVs every month. They're number two on the convergence list. You may not not have heard them, but, you know, they're a real player. And that's who I use, right? And they go, all right, I'm in. Uh, I've, I've rarely, rarely heard and basically don't anymore. I maybe did at the beginning of Assure's uh, uh, career, the beginning of our company, but we don't hear it ever again that someone says, I'm not doing it because I don't know who Assure is. It's, I want access. Here's here's the structure. You're in or you're out. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice going for initially from, you know, some question marks and things and as credibility has grown through the eight years. Now it's like, OK, you know, may, we may not even know as much as them. Like they, they must know what they're doing after like doing so many of these that like we, we you have that little bit of a trust now in that in the ecosystem. Right. Yeah. And if we and if we if we hold true to that trust and provide our services consistently over the life of the SPV, uh, that it just grows the trust in the entire ecosystem, that it doesn't have to be those three large fund administrators. It can be groups like Assure and, and others that are in the ecosystem providing other services to structuring entrepreneurs, admins, all the, all the different needs that the ecosystem has. Yeah. And th just the last piece here before we wrap up here is like talking a bit about why Startup Fuel and Assure even partnered in the first place. You know, we come back to the idea that you say, you know, when you bring your deal, when you bring your investors, we help you with everything else. Right. There in there lies the reason for this partnership, because that's where we help with. Right. Startup Fuel helps with finding your deal, finding your investors, building your network, doing the things around it that allows, um, you know, that will help the legal aspect, the administrative, the accounting. That's where Assure can come in. So I, I see this as a beautiful partnership into the future for both sides, for anybody in the ecosystem, any emerging manager, uh, mid-sized manager, 
who wants to have an like a full suite of help and allow them to do what they do best, which is invest, operate. And one of the things I've noticed, and I maybe I'm not sure if you have or not, but I moved, uh, I'm originally from Toronto in Canada. I moved to Chicago about two years ago for multiple reasons. But one of the things that really attracted me as well to the city was the fact that Chicago has led the world in venture capital rate of return over a long period of time of the last seven to eight years. It has been one city that has been a great mark. And so I decided to figure out why. Went in, spoke to every VC fund in town, accelerator to learn about what's going on. What has become really prominent in now the new venture capital world in 2021 is VCs who are acting more as operators and spending more time in support and carry are winning. And the people who are spending more of their management dollars or their salaries, the fees on diligence, support, administration, stuff like that, are not performing as well as others. So it gives organizations like you and me a chance to show that, look, the aspects that don't require your giving your expertise, lending your networks, lending, lending the part that the entrepreneurs don't have, the deals don't have, lending that and becoming more of that side allows organizations like us to flourish and say, there's a reason why we decided to start this in the first place. Now with a streamlined approach, you can do what venture capital is trending to, to require you to do, to do, to become, to have great rate of returns and things like that. Are you also seeing the same thing as a move towards um, support and carry? Yeah, what we're seeing is that structuring an admin, the things that Assure takes care of and others, used to be such a heavy fee expense. It required you to raise a certain fund size, which required certain behaviors, which required certain types of GPs. And so today, if you did not have to worry about your structuring and admin costs as much, it means I can raise a $20 million fund, not a $200 million fund. I can be a solo GP. I can come out of being an operator. I can, I can, I have so many other options in order to build my thesis and execute on my thesis that was never there before. And what I found from my Utah Fund of Funds days and what I've even found today, which is individuals in their earliest funds where they were most hands-on, where they were most hungry, have the best performance. And it's when they get, you know, larger fund, larger fund, larger fund, and the team gets larger and larger, uh, those returns tend to gravitate toward the mean or even, you know, go, go below the mean. And so I think for throughout history, those that are going to be hands-on, that are going to really roll up their sleeves and be a part of it, are going to have the better returns. Groups like Assure and Startup Fuel make it so that they can spend more of their time talking to the companies, helping the companies, spending their, you know, putting forth the, the, the talent and superpowers that they have to the companies rather than fundraising rather than all those admin things that don't add, don't add the value that, that they did, that, that, that maybe they think they do. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I hundred percent believe it. So if anybody at home wanted to, to look into Sure's products, meet with your team, talk to you, what's the best place for them to get in touch? Yeah. Assure.co is our website, assure.co sales at assure.co for our sales team. We have a pretty uh, pretty large online presence, LinkedIn page. I'm Jeremy at Assure.co. So please, you know, multiple multiple avenues, reach out, and we'd love to talk to you.
Yeah. All of this information, everyone listening at home will be in the show notes, wherever you're listening to, whether it's on YouTube, on Google Podcasts, Spotify, everything with links to where you can connect with Jeremy, where you can connect with Asher will be listed. So take advantage and go uh, and connect. I mean, everything you, you mean, you're, you're sitting with me, you're listening to this. This is the future of where venture capital is going. It's not, it's not about hmm, maybe this is exactly where it's going. And we have proven and shown with data and consistency that over time, Focusing on using your expertise as fund managers and your networks and what we call secret sauce, right? As venture capital becomes more of a commodity day by day, which is what's happening right now, the dollars are becoming a commodity. So the brand name, the team, the experts, the networks, that is becoming what's trending towards where the secret sauce slash competitive advantage is going to be. So thank you so much, Jeremy, for coming on the show. We are so excited about our partnership. We'll be doing so many great things in the world and helping new fund managers come on, invest in a lot of great companies, diversity and sustainability. I mean, I'm so excited for the future. But do you have any, any last words before we sign off here, Jeremy? Ash, thank you for hosting. Thank you for having me. It's been a very fun uh, conversation. Love to talk with anybody about SPVs, about structuring and admin. And if interested, look out for our Sure Structured Live masterclass, free, you know, virtual. Uh, if you if you have any thoughts or questions or wonderings, you can get basically all the information that you need from those educational sessions. And I look forward to visiting with anybody that wants to reach out. Amazing. So like like I said at the beginning, this is Startup Legends, where we interview rockstar entrepreneurs, founders, investors, accelerators, and ecosystem leaders from all over the world. We have a big focus around global innovation, startups, venture capital, and where the ecosystems are going. Uh, make sure you tune in. We have a lot more guests and great episodes to come. And like I said, all the good stuff will be listed in the notes below. So you have everything, all the information required there. Remember, everyone at home, keep hacking, keep hustling, and we'll catch you next time. Take care.